Thank you. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Oh, <laughs> 
Love 
darkest times on a pitch black night He rode a horse of the purest white He knocked on the door, kind of prison afraid In his hand, a bag of money What shall I do when the money runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky What shall I do when the gold runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky And I call the man, They surrounded me These three words they set me free When you got no strength and you cry and please Lost in the forest can't find the trees Here's what you do when the money runs dry Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky Here's what you do when the gold runs dry Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky
JM in the AM on a Friday morning. Eitan Katz calls it a Bressel of Lechad Odi on his brand new Live in Jerusalem volume number two. There he is with Lechad Odi. Before that, you heard the uh, Lenny Solomon Schlockrock selection. Lechad Odi off of a Shabbat in Liverpool. Eighth day had Elakad. It's a brand new one. Elakad the mayor on Naini. Mayedidus done by Mordechai Ben David and company off of uh, Shabbos with the Werdigers. Likrat Shabbat, that was Shlomo Katz, who has a uh, an amazing article about him and his shul that has remained active, not as a shul, don't worry, it's not a shul they're gathering in, but it's a shul that people gather with each other through Zoom, etc., uh, based in Efrat, Israel. Likrat Shabbat with Shlomo Katz and Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this April 17th, day 23 in the month of Nisan, the year 5780. Tough Shin Pei, a year that we will not quickly forget, that's for sure. Today is day number eight in the counting of the Omer, one week and one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Day number eight in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini with candle lighting time at 718 in New York. 718 is candle lighting time. Rosh Chodesh ER is next week. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER is Friday and Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh ER is Friday and Shabbos of next week. We start saying Pirkei Avos tomorrow with Perak Aleph. And a reminder that Monday night, Tuesday, is Yom HaShoah. We'll have appropriate programming here on Tuesday morning for a Yom HaShoah presentation, Yom HaShoah special. You can call it what you wish. And that's going to happen this coming Tuesday here at JM in the AM. 37 degrees, 56% humidity, Windsor West at 7 miles per hour. Afternoon showers with a high of 52 than tonight. Rain, low 45 for a Friday night. Tomorrow, no, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember that tomorrow's that tonight's Friday night, I'll tell you. It's so funny. Uh, or maybe not. Tomorrow, morning showers for Shabbos with a high of 51 degrees. You shall lie right now at 59 we're at 37 in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. By the way, Mazal Tov to Tzvi Siegel and the Hanna Mayer, uh, both of Jerusalem. They are a recently engaged couple. We got this uh, news right after Yuntif. I believe the engagement happened on Thursday in Israel, which was Isru Chag yesterday. So to Tzvi Siegel, my wonderful nephew, and to uh, Hanna Mayer, uh, a very, very special Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM&M. And, and, of course, Mazal Tov to the mayors. Mazal Tov to um, Rabbanit Rifki and Rabbi Yigal Siegel. And Mazal Tov to all the siblings and cousins as we get set, Bezrat Hashem, to celebrate a big simcha very, very soon. So Mazal Tov, that's wonderful news in this environment of... <laughs> of uh, I, a lack of great news usually. That's the, that's the way things are going these days. It's wonderful to have that great news um, uh, to spread around. Uh, Tzvi Siegel, Hanna Mayer, Mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, so it's Friday. It's Erev Shabbos, believe it or not. I hope your Yom Tov was great. Hope you enjoyed the last days. Uh, Malcolm Honline will join us 7.40 Eastern Time with the uh, weekly update. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, at 8.15 with the 
Torah portion of the week, in this case, Parsha Shmini. And uh, here in the New York area, we've been told that uh, this lockdown is going to continue. Let's see. If they're talking about May 15th, which is after Lag Bomer, by the way, that would mean uh, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Bahar, and Bichu Kosai. Wow. Wow, just one Shabbos away from Shavuos after that. Um, so if this does continue, if this lockdown does continue the way they're anticipating, including tomorrow, we have at least at least four more Shabbatot in this um, environment. And who knows? Who knows what they may decide aside from that? Interesting times, to say the least. Interesting times. And we'll discuss more of it later on. Uh, on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're fine. I hope you're good. I hope your family's doing well. Those who need a Rafu Shlema, we pray hard for your speedy recovery. Those who've had losses, and Shiva officially began yesterday. Obviously, there was no observance of Shiva yesterday outside of Israel. Uh, but yesterday would count as a day of Shiva. So anybody who lost anybody uh, that was not buried uh, before Pesach, um, that shiva is going to go until Wednesday morning. So a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people. We know what the st- statistics have been in New York over the last week. A lot of people began shiva again unofficially yesterday in the last day of Pesach and are now actually sitting shiva. And that will continue until the uh, morning of the 22nd of April, Wednesday to 22nd of April for anybody in that situation. Obviously, anybody... For whom the funeral is taking place today, that shiva is going to last uh, until Thursday morning. But um, but anybody who uh, is observing shiva because of somebody who passed away over Pesach and whose funeral has already taken place, just be aware that the, that those friends and family members are going to be sitting shiva until Wednesday morning. We should do our best to reach out to people who are sitting shiva in these very unusual. And for many people, very difficult circumstances. Not everybody wants to be secluded during Shiva. Most people want to be uh, in an environment where they could see people and discuss the the life of the person who passed away, etc. So let's keep that in mind as we uh, enter this very difficult period of time for a lot of people since so many are now uh, starting to sit Shiva in earnest on this, um, well, starting last night, but, you know, this morning on a Friday uh, after Pesach. JM in the AM at 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. More coming up. I thank you very much for tuning in. Here is the one and only Cantor Yankee Lemmer.
Shlomi Gertner and Shabbos Hayom. Diaspora with Shabbat Shalom. Raza the Shabbos and Mimkomcha done by Yankee Lemmer. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchomSingle.com and the AlchomSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galates on the background to our news from Israel coming up. Day eight in the counting of the Omer. One week and one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Candle lighting New York, 718 on this era of Shabbos Parsha Shmini. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Friday and Shabbos. We'll also start saying Pirkei Avos tomorrow. Keep that in mind. And Tuesday is Yom HaShoah. We're preparing a Tuesday morning special here at JM and the AM. Gali Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next here at JM and the AM. Gali Tzal, Asha'a 2, Kan Goni Kohen, Ima Shekore Akshav. Bechamas Koreim Lamitavchim Lehania Et Yuzmat Sinuar Liskat Asirim Behekdem. Beodah Rishmit Leregel Yom Asir HaFalestini Shekhal Hayom Toen Et Nuat Hamas Ki Ayuzma Laiska Betzel HaKorona Adain Al Shulchan. Adelet Ptucha Bifnei Kol Metavich Shevi Tshuva Chiyuvit Mitzad Israel Benogea Laatzaa 
לשון ההודעה. בכס מביעים חשש כי אסירים בכלא מצויים בסכנת חיים בגלל הנגיף, ואומרים כי היוזמה לעסקה נולדה מתוך מניע הומניטרי. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי מציין כי בבתי הכלא בישראל חמשת אלפים אסירים פלסטינים. צה"ל יקים בית חולים לאשפוז חולי קורונה בחניון בית החולים איכילוב. על פי התוכנית, בית החולים של צה"ל יכיל 220 מיטות אשפוז ויתופעל על ידי צוותי רפואה של הצבא ושל מערכת הבריאות. כך מפרסם לראשונה כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו. התוכנית אושרה אמש במועצה לביטחון לאומי. כמו כן, מספר חולי הקורונה בישראל עלה ל-12,855 בני אדם, מתוכם 139 מונשמים. 149 נפטרו בעקבות ההידבקות בנגיף, ו-2,967 החלימו. גורם ביטחוני אומר ברקע פשע השנאה במצוקי דרגות בערב החג, אנחנו רואים עליית מדרגה ברמת התעוזה של נערי הגבעות. אנחנו מזהים סממנים של אותו מדרון שהיינו בו לפני הפיגוע בדומא. עוד מוסיף אותו גורם, רק כשנשרף תינוק אז כל המדינה נזדעקת. איך הגענו למקום הזה? תג מחיר נועד להשפיע על מקבי ההחלטות, אבל אנחנו כבר הגענו לפיגועים אלימים שמסכנים חיי אדם. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג, שפרסמה את הדברים, מזכירה כי רעולי פנים יעידו בלילה שבין שני לשלישי אבנים לעבר פלסטינים וערבייה ישראלית ששהו באזור מצוקי דרגות, ריססו גז מדמיע לעבר פניהם ושרפו שני כלי רכב שבבעלותם. בית החולים אסותא באשדוד הודיע היום כי תשעה קשישים מהמוסד הגריאטרי בית הדר שאושפזו במחלקת הקורונה לאחר שנמצאו חיוביים לנגיף אינם נגועים במחלה. לפי בית החולים הבדיקות שהעלו תוצאה חיובית נערכו לתשעה במכון ויצמן. פרטי המקרה הועברו למשרד הבריאות. מזג האוויר ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות שתהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל העונה. גשמים מקומיים בצפון הארץ ובמרכזה אלה החדשות.
if I seem a little distant with a twinkle in my eye, there's a very special reason you will find. Today is on a Tuesday, and the kids learn olive base. And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind. Yes, I walk against the many as they're groping in the night. And I've tried to share the Torah in a rhyme. And the boys are now bar mitzvah, and Wednesday night is here. And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind. sees a chuppah and the weather is getting cold and the Torah scroll is turning and we are growing old and the jokers and the scoffers they're running out of time and you know that I got Shabbos yeah you know I got Shabbos on my mind It's a Friday morning sunrise, no time to mess around. I'm the old man who dovin right on time. And your prayers get more sincere as old friends pass away. And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind. And there is no deception, cause he knows just who you are. A hunger to be holy while feeling very far. And the jokers and the scoffers, they're running out of time. And you know that I got Shabbos, yeah, you know I got Shabbos on my mind. It's a Friday evening sunset, no time to mess around. I'm the old man who dovin' right on time. And your prayers get more sincere when old friends pass away. And you know that I got Shabbos, yeah, you know I got Shabbos, you know I got Shabbos. Oh my
oceans and the rivers through every single dawn. No matter what the soldiers said or how the rain would pour, Sadie always kept a smile and wiped the tears away. Nothing could ever keep him down when he'd start to say, It's Shabbos now, Shabbos now, and I will sing.
JM in the AM with uh, Eighth Day. It's Shabbos now. Before that, Moshe Laufer and the Shabbos medley. Moshe, yes, with Shabbos on my mind. The Rabbi's sons with Shabbos Kodesh. And David Dax with the Shabbos medley. Here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Friday, April the 17th, the 23rd of Nisan. Pesach is over. Has been in Israel for the last couple of days. Ended outside of Israel last night. Hope you're doing fine and dandy and that you're transition back to the uh, non-Pesach world is going well. Uh, for us, this will be the sixth Shabbos that we are without our shuls. Um, this is the sixth Shabbos that we are without our shuls. Right, the first one was uh, back on Parsha's Para. What did we miss so far? Uh, right, Kisisa Parshas Para. The next one was Vayakav Bekudei Achodesh. Then Vayikro is the third. Sav Shabbos Agadol the fourth. Shabbos Cholamoid the fifth. And this will be Shmini, and we bench Rosh Chodesh Shabbos Mavarchim. Will be the uh, sixth. Wow, already six weeks, and according to the governor of the state of New York, it's going to be another four weeks or another four Shabbatot. Well, another three to be technical, because the fifteenth of May is on a Friday. So at least another three, he's claiming. And who knows how far after that. I sort of was joking with people about being home for Shavuos, meaning being in this situation for Shavuos. Now it doesn't seem so uh, far-fetched at all. At least not here in the New York area. Um, so let's see. It's day eight in the counting of the Omer. Day eight, one week and one day, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's day eight in the counting of the Omer. Zerif Shabbos Parsha Shmini, as we said, candlelighting in New York, 718. 718 candlelighting in New York. Um, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Friday and Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Friday and Shabbos. And I guess as a public service, since you're supposed to know the Molad, you're supposed to know when the birth of the moon or the first sighting of the moon takes place, when you bench Rosh Chodesh. So with that in mind, I can tell you that the, that the Molad is Wednesday night. Remember we spoke about this more than once, that in the year 5780, there's a lot of times when Rosh Chodesh is more than a day after the Molad because of the calendar set up for this year. So the Molad is Wednesday night, 58 minutes, and 12 halakim after 10 p.m. in Yerushalayim Yerakodesh. All right, so you have the Molad again Wednesday night, 58 minutes, 12 halakim after 10 p.m. in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. So now you're set to bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Friday and Shabbos. We start saying Pirkei Avos tomorrow. Tuesday is Yom HaShoah. We're preparing a program for the Yom HaShoah special this Tuesday morning. 37 degrees, afternoon showers, high 52. Rain tonight, low 45. Tomorrow morning showers, a high temperature, 51 degrees. Yushalayim's at 59, 37 here in New York City. As we say good morning, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents 
of major American Jewish organizations is going to join us. We'll talk about the weekly update coming up. Rabbi Yudin and Parsha Shmini coming up and plenty more between now and 9 a.m. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M., it's Leif Tahar, first with the Birchas HaChodesh. Yeah, we ask for Chaim, we ask for life, we ask for uh, a variety of uh, blessings for our lives when we bench Rosh Chodesh. 
Keep that in mind tomorrow as we bench Rosh Chodesh ER. Uh, Friday and Shabbos of next week, Rosh Chodesh ER. Um, after that, Lachad Odi done by Leif Tahar. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM and AM. Candle lighting at uh, 718 in New York. Day 8 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Sixth Shabbos without our shul on this Parsha Shmini. And um, I remind you that uh, we'll start saying Pirkei Avos tomorrow. And uh, Tuesday is Yom HaShoah. We'll have a, uh, an appropriate special, an appropriate program. Tuesday, Yom HaShoah here at uh, JM in the AM. Uh, I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you're looking for um, even, even more articles to print out before Shabbos, <laughs> if you didn't print that enough for Yuntif. <laughs> yeah, I mistimed my reading a bit. I think I think the first days I finished everything I had to read by about 6.30 on uh, Shabbos Cholomoyed. I missed time to the drop. Uh, and you can go to jewishworldreview.com, jewishworldreview.com, and print away for your um, Shabbos education and reading for tomorrow. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update on Fridays here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be with you, post matzahs, and uh, <laughs> looking forward to Shabbos. I guess to rest up after. <laughs> oh, so, you, so and, you're one. You're one uh, of the you few. Know, you, get, you get used to it, I guess. You're one of the few who thinks this Shabbos is necessary. I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're supposed to work six days in order to have Shabbos. Oh. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit complicated, but you know, we appreciate Shabbos no matter, and. Um, well, for and a lot I of hope, everybody had a safe uh, Pesach and will continue to be safe, and will adhere to the rules, and will stand by them, and uh, understand that we're not nearly over this, and the, the numbers mounting around the world and in our own communities continues to take such a heavy toll. I spoke to people just now in England, and I've spoken to the people in half a dozen other countries before Yantav. It's uh, it's very frightening, and the toll will only be known afterwards about how many people, especially older people, but now you see many in their 50s and in their 30s. No one is exempt. Everybody's got to adhere to the rules. Uh, well, that's 100% true. On, on your first point about working six days, a big shout-out to the uh, Jewish moms out there who did put in the uh, at the minimum of six days, probably a lot more than that to get us through the holiday of Pesach. So they certainly deserve Shabbos tonight. So we give them a special shout out this morning. Um, and, and all the men who are home should put away the stuff. So they, but we should also thank Atzala and all the other the first responders and people who have been working straight through the doctors, from doctors and non from who, through uh, these days, have been really doing amazing things. Hundred percent, and we give them a big thank you, to say the least. Uh, and every form of thank you, uh, no matter how people are doing it, is welcome and appreciated. Um, but on the other issue of, I, and, and before I get to this, we should also mention, I mean, you alluded to it, but uh, there are a lot of people in our community who normally we would cite and mention. Unfortunately, the list is a little too long, unfortunately, and um, and we will get to it, obviously, and do proper discussions and memorials for those who are um, uh, figures in the Jewish community. But those the, the list of people... Uh, both well-known and otherwise, 
is uh, is getting way too large, way too big, and uh, only our attempts, our successful attempts at uh, doing what needs to be done and following the rules is going to finally stem the tide and get that list to stop growing. So please, everybody, do what you need to do in order to keep that uh, to keep that list as short as possible. With all that in mind, um, on the other side of the issue, it's hard for me not to complain, and you're on the other end of the phone, so when I complain to you, uh, don't you find it unusual that, you know, with, with uh, still so many days to go until April 30th, the governor of the state of New York would already announce that this is being extended uh, another two-plus weeks, uh, especially in an atmosphere when so many people are so worried about how they're going to rebound from this. And every day that goes by, we suspect, will make it only more and more and more difficult for small businesses and organizations to get back on their feet and to and to really rebound. Didn't you find it unusual that this announcement for May 15th was made now? No, I think he was trying to give people a framework and some guidance. And it also, you know, there's been so many political overlays with the president making statements, the mayor making statements, governors. And um, I think he, he was trying to indicate that although the numbers we've plateaued, plateau doesn't mean that, you know, we've stopped it. Plateau only means that the numbers aren't increasing that they are flattening out the curve of, of hospitalizations, but there still remains many. And see, the death rate is still over 700 a day. And I think he was trying to, because parents are, are, are want to know, are the kids going back to school? Are they going to be going back this week right, or two weeks from May 1st? And I think that, that it's helpful if you have a framework to know. This is parents, I know, are very worried about the summer camps and summer programs and as for college students, it's, it could be a lost semester largely, and, and uh, what happens, when will they, those who are entering, uh, I mean, there's so many ramifications. So I think he was simply trying to put a framework on it by giving a date, and because um, others had suggested that other dates might be possible. Wow. But people will, will take advantage of it if they say, well, if it's going to break in a week, then I might as well get started or... I think it's it's um, and and nobody knows with certainty about any of these dates. And I know for especially those who own small businesses, this has got to be horrific. And for those with little children at home and those who can't work because they have their children at home, just so much going on. And and we have to be very concerned about people's mental health, especially those who are alone. That that this this has a physical toll that comes. It's not just the, but. But the, the the depression and the loneliness we know is manifest in uh, physical ways as well. So people should be concerned, should call and, and uh, you know, help at least fill the void a little bit for, for those who are alone and those who might be vulnerable. Because, uh, you know, if somebody is sick, they can't make the calls and do what's necessary. Um, with that framework that you just described, Aren't you concerned, not that there's anything we could do about it at the moment, I get it, but aren't you concerned that, uh, you know, we're, we're, if we're already talking about end of school year, summer camping programs, et cetera, you know, it, up here in our heads, we're already in September. Up here, we're already thinking about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Up here, we're wondering, you know, me, meaning in our minds, we're thinking, oh my gosh, is it possible that what we just went through for Pesach, we're going to go through again for Shavuos and possibly during, you know, Tisha B'Av and uh, 
the month of Elul and Rosh Hashanah, etc. And I guess, I guess, based on what you're saying, you would advise prepare yourselves for anything. Absolutely, I think people have to be prepared and have to think in financial terms, in organizational terms, in their involvements, etc. And to at least have the mental framework that that this could last longer, and especially different professions. You know, people in grocery stores can be open now. Drug stores are open now, but other stores and those deemed essential will probably be given a chance to open uh, earlier than schools might. And right. schools, because you have people in such condensed settings that you, you it's, it is much more complicated. And, and it's not the kids themselves who we see are not as affected or affected by the COVID-19, but they carry it and they can pick it up and give it to teachers and carry it home, et cetera. So the, you know, people are talking about, well, when you have a, a, a vaccine, a vaccine is not going to happen in the next few weeks, although there are exciting things coming from Israel using uh, the placenta stem cells that Fluorostem is dealing with, the um, some of the drugs that the different country, companies have and and combinations of drugs, none of which yet has been proven to be the an answer, but it seemed to work in certain cases. And um, so there are hopeful signs. There are certainly a lot of people working on it. I know in Israel, at least half a dozen projects trying to come up with some vaccine and then the efforts to use the antibodies from the blood and those who have the opportunity to contribute blood who've had it to see if they, in fact, can... Um, I think Maimonides, other hospitals are collecting blood samples. But again, you know, it's it's all one big question mark. Nobody knows really anything. And you listen to to some of these very detailed press conferences, which are important, people want to know. But the bottom line is there's still more question marks than exclamation points. No question about it. And there are people who, who, I mean, too many people that don't know where their money's going to come from, who don't know how they're going to feed their families. I, it just, it, it's scary. You can't have continuing uh, bailout programs in the terms of trillions of dollars. Even the United States can't afford to do that. Right. And, you know, the, we know that they've run out of money before most of the applications are even in on some of the funding. And then I'm, I believe Congress will come up with additional funding. Hopefully they can reach agreements to expedite it. But people depend on that that money. And, and boy, that, it runs out fast. It runs out very exactly. And that's the point. People think two months, three months, it doesn't. It flies by. It goes very quickly. And it's not really replacing for many people uh, the income they lost. And this is an incentive to keep people employed, which is very important as well. Um, often when things happen that are comparable, obviously not much is, but when things happen that are comparable, comp- comparable to Israel, we jump to make that um, comparison because we're familiar, obviously, a little bit with what goes on in Israel. Uh, 9-11, you know, we talked about the aftermath of that terror attack, how the Israelis have dealt with it, etc. Um, is Israel doing well relatively with what's going on because of, number one, the involvement of the police and army and a tremendous crackdown, which really lasted until Wednesday night? I think Thursday morning they started to allow people to go between cities. But even people, I mean, people I spoke to who were traveling on Thursday in Israel said that they were stopped four or five times by the police or the army just to uh, make sure it was legit where they were heading, that they could prove based on their license or their 
or their passport that they were, you know, residents of um, whatever city they were traveling to, et cetera, or coming from. Um, so was it number one the crackdown, and number two the 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 population? I mean, I just you know, with all the groups that we've cited that we read about that are difficult to control in terms of social distancing, still it's a pretty small population. So a small population plus you know a really serious crackdown is going to equal a much better outcome than here. It's also remember Israel's small, smaller. It's the size of New Jersey, and if you compare it to New Jersey, it has a fraction of the number of deaths yeah. and of cases. Um, and, you know, that the you have a um, big population coming back. You know, a lot of people came back in February and March before. There's still, in fact, new flights are going to different cities in Europe to bring back Israelis. And then they have to go into a two-week uh, uh, confinement. People are being put up, who have had it, are being put up in hotels in, at the government's expense, uh, and have and some of the pictures of them, they're able to have a seder. They're able to have uh, group events because they, they're all people who've had uh, the COVID-19 or, or just recuperating from it. So the the government has really, first of all, they they moved very quickly on uh, on the China connection and getting equipment and getting. Um, uh, masks and trying to produce and switching their manufacturing lines from tanks to vent, uh, the ventilators and another f- factory that was um, working on ambulances to making the masks and other uh, protective equipment and uh, and the general cooperation of the population not in every instance but the vast majority and you know that they find people a lot of money significant fines, 500 shekels up to right. a couple thousand shekels right. for repeated violations and for keeping stores open or for not conducting the right way. And I think it's mandatory now with masks there as it is now in New York for everybody who's listening. You have to have a mask on uh, if you go outside or to stores. And yeah, well, you're right if you're with other people, right? If you're in an area that has other people in it, right? If you, if you could social distance, then you don't need a mask. But if you're anywhere near, uh, you know, anywhere right, else, in a right. park, I think right. if you're alone and no one right. else, I first think the parks are all closed anyway. But when I walk to work, I don't need a mask. <laughs> There's nobody up at that. <laughs> Nobody's around at all. Um, Malcolm, you know. Um, oh, by the way, I got to give you credit. You didn't realize how good the comparison was. We always say Israel and New Jersey, and this is a good trivia question for the Friday night Shabbos table, everybody. The population of Israel, according to Google, 8.8 million. The population of New Jersey, according to Google, 8.8 million. That's right. a, I never realized that, that it's not just in, in in geographic area in terms of how much land it takes up, but in terms of population. It's a really an unbelievable comparison, obviously. And then you see the, the, the disparity in the numbers. And the, right. And course, the, yeah. I think Governor Murphy has really tried and given good leadership. One thing uh, I discovered through this whole episode, there's some good governors in this country. There's some guys who really can, I mean, women as well. Well, this who, is an opportunity. They've been given a platform, and right. some of them have taken real advantage in creative ways and shown leadership. Uh, it, it would be regretful if if it ends up with the federal government against the state governments. Right now, I think, is a period where you need cooperation, and you need, you know, the, you can't let people exploit this, and the media is doing it to pro or against the president or pro against other parties, that uh, this is this is 
is really something that the public should hold them to account for. This is a time when people should be working together. There's got to be unity. There's got to be, you know, political harmony. It doesn't mean they have to agree on everything, and it doesn't mean that they, they're going to, you know, march in lockstep. It does mean, though, that we're facing this crisis, and only by Congress coming together across, you know, the aisle and, and working with the administration to to get solutions to some of the immense challenges. And I'm telling you, we cannot wrap our minds yet around and and for our community, even other manifestations, the potential for anti Semitism, for the economic dislocation, social disruptions, the you know, things that we've already seen, how they use the virus as an excuse for for blaming Jews when Iran is involved in it and other countries, the PA is involved in it, and, li- and blood libeling Israel, which has done so much for them, and for and the, and the cooperation is going on, and they're you know standing there yelling that Israel's not helping when they are, and the same thing true in Gaza, and that the ban on Gaza is, has nothing to do with medicines. They're sending in over 100 tons of medicine every week into Gaza and, and medical equipment and stuff. It's, you know, it's just ludicrous. And, and they blame the United States also. And China, diver, you know, diverts attention, but so does Iran from their domestic uh, crises. And, um, you know, there was a series of articles in one of the Saudi papers about the history of Jews in the Middle East. And you see, again, the guys who jump on it and they start attacking. And, and even in this climate, you know, so so dissent and hate, and the internet gives them a platform to do it, uh, often with anonymity, and we have to make sure that the, the world knows who they are. Yeah, no question about that. Um, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, at NahumSiegel.com, and the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Malcolm Holine is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Now, I remember post 9-11, when we really started the whole weekly update segment on Fridays, I remember asking you if you would fly again, and you 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 answered as if, you know, why on earth would I not? And essentially your answer, I think, told everybody to keep themselves on an even keel. You know, this has happened. It was a disaster, et cetera. But, you know, let's let's keep everything in perspective and, you know, et cetera. Uh, I know we joke sometimes, you and I, about, you know, sometimes the reports being, you know, the world is coming to an end, and we joke about that. But, I mean, are, are you thinking a lot about the bigger picture? Are you thinking about, you know, um, falls of, of prior great governments that you know that have that have fallen prey to whether it be you know disease or war etc. and never were able to regain their position in this world is the bigger picture something that you're considering greatly during this period of time? Absolutely, because it, first of all, it has ramifications for us, but more importantly, it has ramifications for the future of the United States as role. The what will happen in terms of let's say the EU. This could lead to further erosion and, and collapse of the of the the whole reemphasis of nation state, which leads to chauvinism, can lead to to a lot of manifestations. As and I said, the rise of of um, hostilities within communities and the, and expressions given to it, um, often in terms of anti-Semitism, and and I think that the that the economic 
conditions that we have to look at. If, if there's no tourism to Israel, we can't have summer camps, which are so important for Jewish educational purposes and, you know, often I think do more than the whole year of schooling. It's what, what happens in the camps can have a much more profound impact on kids. The, um, uh, the, the impact of the loss of so many rabbis and teachers and people when, when we come out of this, how the, the community and communal institutions will be impacted, right. how many of them will not survive or will be, will be skeletal, how many of them you know, will not be able to rehire the staffs that they, that they laid off, and that the difficulty of fundraising is going to be very great because people have lost a lot of money, the donors, and, and the demand for right now for feeding people has to be given priority so other institutions will be hurt. There are uh, so many things, and, and you talk about flying, and flying is not just a question of whether the airlines, it's, it is so important for all aspects of commerce, but also for so many of the things that we care about and the connections between communities, what, what, what will the, all of these manifestations, there's is why I said before that there are so many more question marks, and we, I certainly, I try to anticipate, and I, I make lists of some of the issues that I think we have to look at and why I think security cannot become a stepchild after this. It cannot be relegated again to, to insignificance in, in terms of the priorities that people set, because I think it's going to become more important in the months ahead. And, uh, and we have to look at all of these things. And, and, and it's globally. I, when I speak to our, the leaders in other communities, they're reflecting these same concerns. And every police force is obviously suffering because there's a percentage that's out because of this, whether they're sick or, uh, or, or you mm-hmm. know, have, have symptoms. On top of that, a lot of, a lot of the prisons are opening their doors. Um, and that's scary. I don't know if you saw, there was a video online of somebody who was attacked by somebody who literally was released for this reason. Um, you know, they're so proud that we're down to the lowest number of prisoners since, uh, I don't know, 40 years. That doesn't make me happy. It, it, yeah. it, we, people who, who, I mean, the guys, people from Otisville and others who are not dangerous criminals in the sense that they've violent crimes criminals. and most of them are in their terms. And, um, but, there are too many people, and especially the closing of Rikers, that this this has to be so carefully planned and thought through. And the, you know, the fact that a guy who, who plotted an attack against the Jewish institutions was released because they couldn't hold him, you know, they can't keep him in prison. This just happened in the last 24 hours. So there, there is uh, that was in Massachusetts, but. Uh, it, it's true everywhere. What happens to a guy like that? Do you know if he's tracked or if he's wearing a bracelet or anything like that? I'm sure they, they put him under house arrest or confine him, but, but how, you can't really keep track of that many. Right. And you, you, could have, you could have in New York certainly thousands of them now released. The and other... we will see if there's recidivism and, and the crime rates, how, how they're impacted. This, uh, another scary part is the, they say the American economy is worth $22 trillion. I think we're getting an idea based on the stimulus package how easy it is to go through $22 trillion. And that is yes. and that is scary because right. uh, you know we, and it doesn't cover the cost when you when you the airlines alone could right. eat up what a hundred billion dollars right. two hundred billion dollars and one of the greatnesses of the United States is I mean, the reason that it's a military power the reason it's the number one country in the world is its wealth I mean essentially you know, it's all what it all comes down to uh, is, is the money that they're able to, um, uh, to to throw around so to speak. 
Well, it's money. It's it's the direction. It's policy. It's it's um, and freedom and democracy help strengthen a country. They don't. They're not debilitating for a country, you know. And and when you stand for values and stuff, that uh, that brings other people to the cause. But right now, people's attentions are going to be priorities are going to be uh, somewhat different. And and the and the campaign is going to be about one issue, right? I mean, there's no way that'll change in the next few months. Well, we don't know yet. We 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 have to see who who. Uh, in September, there the could be there could be, be other issues in September. Well, it will be the economy, the economy, right. and it's the impact of this. But you know, people can't hold the president accountable for the disease. They may discuss how what how he handled it, or you know, other issues related to it. And Mr. Biden will certainly come under challenge, and we will see a very heavy debate. Assuming that we're going to be able to have. Um, you know that we'll be coming out of this, and we'll be able to people will be able to go and vote freely, and you know, freely meaning going to polling booths and and not just electronic voting or whatever. To which I think makes it more complicated for for many people. You know Vice President Biden for a long time, right? Yes, I do. Um, is it unfair to ask you if he seems um, uh, uh, less sharp than he has during some of your encounters in years past? Yes, it would be unfair to ask. Me. <laughs> okay, so I won't. I won't. I won't ask you. <laughs> um, now let's go to Israel, where we worry about the political system there. You know how many times over Cholamoid, I read an article that said <laughs> that said we're hours away from finally this unity government being being formed. And by the way, now I'm starting to get it. Now I'm starting to get it. When I asked you this two weeks ago, or, or three weeks ago at this point. Uh, I I wasn't sure myself, and even with your answer, I still couldn't hop what was going on. Now I'm getting it. Now I, it's so obvious that the longer Prime Minister Netanyahu delays this process and the faster he gets to a fourth election, the more secure he is in becoming Prime Minister again for a full term in Israel. And, and, and therefore, I think one who knows him well and has seen how he forced basically uh, blue and white to disintegrate and how he's now showing how Gans has no leadership because he can't put together this unity government when given the opportunity, I guess it's now obvious that he's just trying to get to that fourth election as fast as possible, especially when the polls are saying that he can get 40 seats at this point. Right, but that could change. And also the economic impact in Israel of all of, of the, the they've spent a lot of money, and I think it costs every day that the, they're closed, costs them a billion shekels. And so the cost till now, and, and they moved quickly, you know, through the Mossad, through the army, through everybody getting involved and just going all over the world, scouring the world for ventilators and equipment and, and uh, masks and producing them domestically. Uh, so the economic impact is going to be there, too, and, and that will certainly be a factor if they go to elections in uh, – it would be on, on August 4th, I think, because they have to do it after Tisha B'Av, the three-month notice would end – and so this is the first Tuesday after Tisha B'Av that they to hold the election. They've set a date already. That is the date that would be that it would be held. It's not set. It's it's determined by law that you need three months. So they have 21 days now for the Knesset to see if they can come up with a a candidate. It's it's up any member of Knesset, by the way, if he can put together 61 votes, becomes the prime minister. Uh, I think Netanyahu. Would like to avoid the fourth election because I know it's not popular for anybody. Well, then why does he just form a unity government immediately if that's the case? Because they have not been able to reach an agreement on certain 
provisions, mostly about the, what happens to the Supreme Court. Rules. So I know but, you don't like predictions, but the based on what you're saying, you're pre- you you would pre- you would think in this case that there'll be unity government before a fourth election. I still think it's possible that there could be a, that there will be a unity government. I think that you know, uh, as you said, um, Gantz's hand has been diminished a lot. Is his leverage? Um, Netanyahu's in a stronger position, especially as they as the polls show him doing better and having enough for probably a, a coalition. If uh, Likud got 40 votes, then he would. But it's also possible that that two members will switch to Likud to the bloc, to the government, and that would give them 61. He's at 59 now. Right. That's with. Uh, um, you know, with the, in the assumption that there are two who who would still switch, and I know that's one that people think about. Said last night that he he, he was not considering it, but there are enough others who probably would, and they'll probably get promised the ministry and they'll switch. But the um, so I think it's not in anybody's interest to go through the expenditure and the, the and all the difficulties. I think Netanyahu wants to protect against. And any kind of measure that would preclude him from serving as prime minister or as the uh, alternative prime minister um, uh, because of the legal cases uh, that are surrounding him. And uh, I know that there were one or two other uh, issues that that they were still negotiating about Uh, and and, uh, the control of the Ministry of Justice and uh, I think the foreign ministry they literally could once. Yeah, as you told us last time, cabinet personnel is always a big issue. Yes, and how you, with so many cabinet positions, uh, how you allocate them and how you you give small parties often who who can maximize their leverage because of the narrow margin in the Knesset can demand much more. And it's, it's you have to be practical. Right now, they're talking about a 30-member cabinet. It had been reduced over the years, and they try to make them smaller. People don't want the expenditure, and you know, every minister needs an office and a staff, and right. so it's, it's it's also very expensive. And uh, I, I think that we'll see in the next couple of days, now that the the, holiday, the Chagim are over, that they will be able to negotiate straight through. Uh, they will, I think, try to to reach an accord. And, and, you know, again, even for Netanyahu, looking good now, there are no guarantees. And when, it's still a narrow margin when they're talking about him getting 40 seats. That can be reduced, and it only has to be reduced by a few to, to make it inconclusive again. Right. It's got to be finished. The process has to finish. People are just gonna getting fed up with it. Uh, was there another drone attack this week against Syria? There was a drone attack. It was against Hezbollah drivers near the Syrian-Lebanon border. Um, the first missile missed, shot by the drone. Uh, the second one hit the car, but they already had escaped. Um, the Hezbollah leaders had already escaped from the car at that point. And finally, with all the, I mean, with the theme of, you know, letting out prisoners and et cetera, et cetera, and people getting away with stuff they wouldn't normally, except for the coronavirus situation, uh, is this going to lead to lifting of sanctions with Iran? Is it going to lead to them being more of a strong arm against the U.S. right now? Uh, is the president of the United States still paying attention to what Iran is doing at this point? The administration, I do think, is paying attention to it. Um, no, I do not believe it will lead to the lifting of sanctions. There are people who are arguing, many of them associated with an organization that has been fronting for the government of Iran in many ways. Um, and uh, 
but I think other members of Congress recognize that this is not a time to lift the sanctions. It isn't because of the sanctions that the people didn't get the, the drugs. It's because the government didn't act. The government still is not acting. They're letting people go back to work prematurely. The, the, um, uh, the government, now they just reported that $5 billion more that was supposed to go for expenses for purchases is missing. We know that the government has hundreds of billions of dollars in their accounts and that the that money could be used to buy the whatever medicines is the United States sanctions on Iran do not bar any medicines and medical equipment from going into the country. And in fact, the United States offered assistance, which Iran rejected. The doctors without borders went there and they were thrown out. So the situation there is not because of the of the U.S. sanctions. And I think those who are advocating, you know, to, to this is merely taking advantage of of this to to. Uh, again, uh, uh, ignore the lessons of the past, which taught us that you only can deal with Iran from strength, that they perceive measures of weakness. They're harassing our ships again in the Straits of Hormuz, and they they took over a ship, a foreign flagged ship, I think, uh, from Hong Kong, um, and released it right away. But it put everybody on alert, um, and the uh, I think that the American ships fired some warning shots. Uh, they have these fast boats that wreck havoc going in the front and back of the ships. And the only thing to do is to send a clear message, and that means that you have to take one of them out or you have to act decisively uh, to to get the Iranians to understand. If they think that they can get away with it, they think we are all preoccupied and the world is preoccupied, then they will take advantage of it fully. And, yeah. and we see it in, in, in Lebanon. We see Iranians stepping up actions. We know that the head of the Syrian army was seen with the leader of Hezbollah walking along the Syrian-Israeli border, you know, Golan. We know that they are trying to entrench themselves there and do it in concert with the Syrian army. These are things that Israel can't tolerate. It's why Israel continues to strike at some of the shipments where Iran is still trying to get these sophisticated guidance systems to Lebanon. Lebanese economy isn't collapsed. They, they had to forego payment on the debt. The, the uh, virus is just hitting there, but it's expected to be very strong. And, um, uh, you know, the the situation in Iraq, where, where now they have the third prime minister, because what the Iranians didn't, didn't approve the, the other ones, and now you have a new guy trying to form a government, and the head of the Quds Soleimani's replacement is, is in Baghdad trying to dictate what they do, and they've attacked American troops, you know, 27 times already. They they are escalating the violence at all this time. And the, and the, the apologists for Iran and those who are seeking to, to, to advocate that we, you know, reinstate all the conditions, Iran hasn't met a single condition. And we know on the nuclear program, and which nobody focuses on now, but inspectors don't go in. We know that they have a new site uh, and that they that was uncovered because of the documents that Israel uh, acquired. They admitted that they're going ahead with new centrifuges and that they have stockpiled more web, more uh, enriched uranium than they had before the Iran deal was signed. Uh, and unfortunately, this and a lot of other things that could cite to you are, are not getting the attention they deserve. One thing we do know is Israel's not preoccupied. They're paying careful attention to Syria, to Iran, to everybody in that region. They have. 
have to, and and you know you see that the, the attempts to heat up with the, with in Gaza and outside forces who try to exploit these situations and instigate uh, trouble. And Israel has to be on constant alert at a time when so many of its troops have to be used for domestic uh, policing. We will speak, please God, next week. With good news, and, and please, only good news. Please. And everybody should be safe and healthy, and please abide by the rules. We can't afford to continue to lose good people, and um, and reach out to the people in your neighborhood, in your communities, the survivors, others, people who are alone, to make sure that they have what they need. Oh, by the way, with Yom HaShoah on Tuesday, and people trying to make comparisons of different eras in history, uh, let's remember one thing. Those in the Shoah would have given anything to have had a Pesach Seder like we had this year, even if it was someone having a Seder alone. Absolutely right. This is not the worst epoch in Jewish history. We've had plagues. We've had the Black Plague we, we, where Jews were helpless in defending themselves against the accusations and yeah. the, the massacres and pogroms that took place because of it against them. That's not happening here. We have to be alert to the to the exploitation of this for anti-Semitic purposes and to stoke Jew hatred and anti-Israel hatred, but it is. We should remember that we still live in in relative in prosperity, and there are those in our community who don't. And we have thank God organizations, and people should support them that are helping and providing food and assistance to them. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. It's a shame. Take care. Yes, everybody. It's already Shabbos tonight. Yeah, believe it or not. Friday morning, hour of Shabbos at JM. Day day eight in the counting of the Omer. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Day 8 in the Counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmini. Candlelighting 718. Well, Bench Rosh Chodesh ER. Rosh Chodesh ER will be Friday and Shabbos. The Molad, which you want to know before you uh, Bench Rosh Chodesh, is 58 minutes and 12 halakim after 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. That's Wednesday night, 58 minutes, 12 halakim after 10 p.m in Yerushalayim, Ira Kodesh. We'll start saying Pirkei Avos this coming Shabbos, tomorrow. And as we said, Tuesday is Yom HaShoah. Tuesday is Yom HaShoah. Want to wish a Mazel Tov again to my nephew Tzvi Siegel and to Hannah Mayer. They are a recently engaged couple. Got engaged yesterday in Israel. We say Mazel Tov from all of us here uh, at JM in the AM. Um... Matis told me that um, that the that the bris did take place. Uh, his grandson's bris, Baruch Hashem, did take place on Yontif. Uh, the boy's name is Liam. Uh, uh, Liam Aaron. In Hebrew, it's Liam Aharon. And, uh, oh, Aharon Liam, he says in, in English, in Hebrew, Aharon Liam. Uh, Mazal Tov to the wine guests and to the Engelmeyers from all of us here at JM in the AM. Beautiful brand new baby boy. Briss was, I believe, got to figure this out. Uh, Wednesday, Erev Yontif was the birth. So Wednesday, the seventh day, Pesach was the Briss. Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. Spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri, uh, spiritual leader emeritus Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Good Isru Chag. I hope everybody's Yom Tov was good 
and especially meaningful under these most challenging of circumstances. Hopefully, as we counted last night, the eighth day in the Omer, Mir Tzashem, we're counting very soon to when we can get back to our Batekneisios, our Mikdash Ma'at, that I'm sure all of us miss so very, very much. I'd like, oh, wait a second, let's start with the usual protocol. And that is, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmini. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Shmini contains six positive mitzvos and 11 restrictions, including the primary uh, laws of Kashras. When it comes to the animals, when it comes to the fish, when it comes to the birds, uh, those cr- uh, crawling uh, creatures, what you can, what you cannot have. I'd like to begin with something very different, and that is, as we took leave of the Seder last week, and as we just took leave of the Yom Tov of Pesach, I thought I would share with you just a very quick rundown and explanation of Chagadja. Yes, I said Chagadja, because to be very honest with you, most of us, when we come to Chagadja, we are, well, either just about falling asleep, exhausted, etc. And really, who's got time to sit and take a look as to what is going on? Well, for the second Seder, I had that privilege, and I was excited to see the commentary of the Vilna Gaon on Chagadja, and we'd just like to share just a little bit with you so you'll know what to look forward to for next year. Unless someone should say to themselves, oh, come on, that... uh, why waste our time with some kind of a, you know, nursery kind of a, a rhyme, etc.? Just know that, according to many, this is attributed to the Rokeach, who was really, you know, at the end of the Rishonim, and the very beginning of the period of Achronim, and understand that they write very clearly, the Chidoh wrote very sharply, that somebody made fun of the whole idea of Chagadja and told people not to include it in their uh, Haggadah. And the Chidah wrote exceedingly sharply against that person, saying very clearly, not only attributing it to the Rokeach, but to say that all of our piyutim have deep meanings to it. So this is the commentary of the Gra. Chad Gadja, Chad Gadja. What is this? One goat, one goat. So he sends you back to Parshas Toldos when Yitzchak sells Esav to go out to the field and bring him the food that he likes, that he will bless him, a night of blessing. So we know that Rivka intercepts and she gives Yaakov shnei gedoye izim, two goats, chad gadja, chad gadja, one for the korban chagiga, and one for the korban pesach, as Rashi brings on the spot. Yaakov gets this, namely the bracha, the zabin abba. He, Yaakov, our father, purchased or acquired this bracha with these Chagadja, Chagadja, with that which he brings his father, and he gives it to Yosef, as we know. And now, as a result, what happens? Oy, oy, oy. 
Also, Shunra comes along the cat, and the nature of the cat is to be jealous. And who is the Shunra? Says the Gra, the, the brothers of Yosef. And what do they do? They take a bite out of Yosef, namely they sell Yosef. And what happens? Unfortunately, the Jewish people come down to Mitzrayim, and we start off good as we know, and then what happens? And the also Kalba, who is this dog? The dog, says the Gra, is the Paro, Melech Mitzrayim, who comes and he is Meshabed, as we know, persecutes, enslaves the Jewish people. Comes along the Chutra, which is the staff, the stick. Who is that, my friends? That's the stick of Moshe Rabbeinu, with which Moshe does the many different um, makos and the splitting of the yam, with the help only of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, naturally. And therefore, Mitzrayim is punished. Moshe leads Bnei Yisrael out. Yoshua brings B'nai Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, and there we have tranquility until we have a Beis Migdash. And then, as we went further and further in the time of the Beis Migdash, whether it's for the reason of giving man free choice and free will, unfortunately there arose a great taiva, desire for Avodah Zarah. And as a result of that, Asanura came along the fire, what is the fire? The fire is the fire of Avodah Zarah, and unfortunately burnt the Chutra. What was the Chutra? The Chutra was the staff of Moshe, all that Moshe stands for. The Avodah Zarah consumed that which Moshe stands for, namely our Torah, and as a result of that, we were into Gullus. We lose the first base of Migdash. We go into the second base of Migdash. We go into, excuse me, to the Gullus of Babel. We stay in Babel for 70 years and we come back. But Asamaya comes the water to extinguish the fire. Who is the water, says the Vilna Gaon? The water is the Anshe Knesses Agadola, the men of the great assembly, who Davin says the Gemara in Sanhedrin to Hashem, please remove the Avodazara, and they were successful. Good, and so we had the second Beis Hamikdash until Ayayai for Asatura comes along the shore, the ox, and who is that? That our rabbis say is Edom, Rome, the gullus that we are in now, and they are the ones at Shasolamaya. They destroy the second Beis Hamikdash, and let's move on, getting closer. Asa Hashochet comes along the Shochet. Who is that? The Mashiach ben Yosef. The Gemara in Sukkah tells us there's going to be two Mashiachim. The first one is Mashiach ben Yosef, who is going to restore the economic and pride to the Jewish people. And then there's going to be the Mashiach ben David. So the Shochet is the Mashiach ben Yosef, who is going to topple Rome, getting us out of this Golos. And then I... Namely, the angel of death is going to come and he is going to kill the Moshiach ben Yosef as is found in the Gemara Sukkah 52a. Okay, comes along the end of Chagadja and tells us the Osa Kodesh Baruch Hu, HaKodesh Baruch Hu himself is going to come and Shochat Lemalachamoves, he is going to kill the Malachamoves and the rest. 
as we see from the uh, Haggadah and from the Chagadja is history, meaning that we end on a note of optimism. And that's what you have to tell yourself. We're going through difficult times, challenging, but where is all this leading? I'm not a prophet, I'm just telling you, we're going in the right direction and it's going to be good. Okay, now, as we're getting closer to where we are today, we ended the Seder with Chagadja, the Yom Tov, that today is Isru Chag too, the Yom Tov of Achron Shel Pesach and Shvi Shel Pesach, it all is focused, says the Sapurno on the Kriya Torah that we read on Shvi Shel Pesach, it all focuses on the uh, celebration and the Shira of the miraculous deliverance at Yamsuf and the Shira thereof. Now, interestingly, the Mechilta teaches on the Pasuk of the second of the Ten Commandments, really, you shouldn't have any other gods, literally, except for me. So the Mechilta as well as the Yalkut Shimoni, brings the following moshal to what may be compared to a king who comes to a nation and the people as much as welcome the king because he's a benevolent king and they're happy to have him. So they say, please, Gezor Aleinu Gezeros, Make decrees for us. Make laws for us. And the king says, wait a minute. When you accept my malchus, my, my kingship, my sovereignty, my royalty, then I will make uh, statutes and laws for them. And the Ramban, in his commentary on Sefer HaMitzvos, and mitzvahs asay olive, the very first one, he says that part and parcel of the mitzvah of Anoch Hashem of is not enough to believe that there's a God, but to accept his malchus. Now let me ask you, when is the first time that we accepted Hashem's malchus, his sovereignty, his royalty, over us. So in Mitzrayim, we saw we saw that at the Yamsuf. Where do we have our accepting Hashem as our king? And the Grub points out in his parish of Aderes Eliyahu on the Pesach in Zos HaBracha, the first time we have it is Hashem Yimloch, the Olam Va'ed. At the Yam, B'nai Yisrael accepted upon themselves, ah, accepted upon themselves God's kingship, His sovereignty. Because Emuna is not only to believe, but like Ramban said, it's to bring us to action. As David HaMelech says in Tilim 119, Pasuk 86, Kol 
mitzvah secha emuna. All of your um, mitzvos or or are, excuse me, Art Scroll translates faithful. But the Rambam, in his closing halacha of Hilchos Me'ila, at the end of Perek Ches, understands this pasuk to mean that inherent in our observance of all the mitzvos, we don't only observe the mitzvos so we can understand, it's all based upon our emuna. In this week's parasha, there is the laws of kashras. And what's that based on? It's based on one word, emuna. We don't keep kosher because it's healthier. That might be one of the side benefits, but we keep kosher for one reason. And I'll tell you something. If you really want to get emuna, you have to take a look. How many extra words in the Torah? Forget about extra words. I found four extra psukim. At the beginning of chapter 11, you find in this week's parsha, Vayikra 11, Hashem says, now hear this, now hear this. Which are the kosher animals? It has to have two characteristics. It has to chew its cud, and it has to have split hooves. Good. So what didn't you understand? So any animal that doesn't have these two characteristics is not a kosher animal. Any animal that does is a kosher animal. Stop right then and there. No. The Torah then goes on to give you four more psukim. Unbelievable. Four verses identifying three animals that do chew its cud but don't have split hoofs and one animal that has split hoofs and doesn't chew its cud so these four are not to be eaten now don't get me wrong why did the Torah have to quote use four more psukim the answer is guess what who but Hashem could have put down and said these these are the only ones. Now guess what? In the last 3,500 years, no one has found another animal that, come on, either or does both, right? You know, excuse me, that, 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 again, another animal that has one characteristic over the other, meaning the Torah lists that there are three that chew its cud and doesn't have split hoofs. We never found the fourth. We never found the fifth. We never found the second animal that has split hoofs. It doesn't show what's cut. Again, that's not why we keep it. Because that's how we know it comes from Hashem. No. Kol mitzvot emuna. The idea of Hashem yimloch, the olam va'ed, that we sang in the shira, is to lead us and to accept all of the Torah with a great sense of belief Emuna and understanding what that which Hashem has given us, it's only and all for good. I just want to end with the following true story as told to Rav Meir Goldvicht, and this story is to be passed on because I think it will help many of us at this time. Now, this is told by Rav Meir's son that after one of his classes, an elderly man came up to his father and told him the following. I was in the Holocaust, and they took away everything from me. And the worst 
then came when I arrived in Auschwitz, and they stripped away my basic identity and gave me a number. No longer was I a person, I was just a number. And as I laid in the barracks the first night, I didn't know what to do. I then proceeded to look all around and looked at the numbers on my arm. And I started to add them up to the total of all the numbers. And I could not believe it. They added up to 26, the numerical value of Hashem's name. Then I realized that God is with me even in the darkest of times. And every time that things got harder and harder for me, I'd look down on my arm and say, God, please lift me up. This was the message of the elderly man. In life, almost everything can be taken away from us besides one thing. We can lose grandparents, Loalenu parents, family, friends. We can lose our money. We can lose our jobs. We can lose our freedom to walk down the streets. And the world can be upside down. Everything can be stripped away from us. Besides our own choice of how we will look at life at that time. Will we constantly look in despair or will we find God on our arms and see that Hashem has taken us through these bitter times all throughout history and as we were taken and survived all the trials and tribulations of history, He will help us make it through this one as well. The entire world is undergoing difficult times, difficult hours, minutes and seconds. But these are the times when we must try to look inward and choose to see Hashem's name and number in everything in our lives. Shabbat Shalom to all. Sometimes your world comes crashing down. You ask, why me? Why now? Why now? Your mind is fighting for sanity.
Rabbi, 
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, on this Isru Chag outside of Israel. Mazel Tov to Tzvi Siegel and Hannah Mayer. They're a recently engaged couple. My uh, nephew and future niece, Mazel Tov, to the uh, mayors of Yerushalayim and to the... Oh, Ramat Beit Shemesh, maybe. Uh, Ramat Beit Shemesh and the... Uh, and, of course, to uh, Rabbanit Rifki and uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel and family in Jerusalem. Mazel Tov. Day eight in the counting of the Omer, one week and one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure you do so sometime today. Day eight in the counting of the Omer. Um, Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shemini, candle lighting at 718 in New York. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Iyar will be Friday and Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh Iyar will be Friday and Shabbos. The Molot is Wednesday night, 58 minutes 12 halakim after 10. Wednesday night, 58 minutes. 12 halakim after 10 o'clock. We'll start saying Pirkei Avos tomorrow. Tuesday is Yom HaShoah. We'll have an appropriate program, of course, here at JM in the AM. Um... Want to take this opportunity to wish a happy birthday to Ezra Leitner. Ezra Leitner is celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um, please keep in mind Chaim Schneer Zalman Yehuda Ben Hinda Yochevet. Chaim Schneer Zalman Yehuda Ben Hinda Yochevet for a foolish And of course, keep in mind all those who are ill, especially the growing list of those who are ill from coronavirus in our worldwide community. We certainly keep in mind at all times. The um, extension here in the New York area, New York State, of the state shutdown is till now May the 15th. For some reason, the for some reason the um, governor of the state of New York felt it necessary on April sixteenth, yesterday, 
to tell us that this will be like this until the 15th of May. So that's the situation here in New York. I hope things where you are are starting to improve rapidly, I pray. I certainly do. Time to say good Shabbos journeys at JM and the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by uh, A&H, and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Check out our friends at A&H today. Wraps up an amazing, uh, what is today? Friday, Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. Naomi Nachman, Table for Two, is next. Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos music mix all day long. Enjoy. Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami. JM Sunday with Grandpapa Matis uh, Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. live. Join Matis for that. Um, Sunday morning. Monday, I am here starting at 6 a.m., maybe even earlier. And the Tuesdays, of course, our Yom HaShoah presentation. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody. Good weekend. Till Monday, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.